Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash TR. For a free quote, the link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, composer Gavin Greenaway, to the show. Welcome, Gavin. Thanks, Tammy. Great to be here. Wonderful to have you here. And this episode is premiering the week of the new year. I'm very excited because many of our Disney listeners will recognize your memorable compositions for the Disney theme parks from Tapestry of Nations, which was an Epcot parade that ran from 99 to 2001, and Illuminations, which was a fireworks show, and it's still performed every night. But originally, composer Hans Zimmer was attached to these projects in the early stages of development. So when did you come on board to complete these compositions? Yes, uh, I, I was very lucky. At the time, um, I was living in Los Angeles and I was working out of Hans's studio complex in Santa Monica. And I had a room there where I was working on various things from film scores to songs and so on. Um, and I had a call from Hans and he said, I've been asked to do this, uh, this uh, show and it's, it's, it's great, you'll, you'll love it, but unfortunately, you know, I can't do it. Um, and I've said that you'll do it and you'll be great. And I said, oh, Hans, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, and what do they know about me? And he, and he said, essentially, well, nothing. Uh, but go and have a meeting and it will be fine. <laughs> so uh, I went along to a meeting and I, I met with Don Dorsey. And you'll know who Don Dorsey is. He um, is the designer and director of the show. And uh, he and, has a... And he wrote the lyrics to We Go On as well, right? That's right. He has a long history with Disney. He, he actually designed the original Illuminations the show that preceded um, our show, and also he wrote the tune uh, for the Electrical Parade. So I met with him in Anaheim, and uh, I have to say, at first, he was a little nervous, understandably. He hadn't heard any of my music, he didn't know anything about me, other than the fact that Hans had become too busy to do the project and had basically thrown me at it and said, it'll be fine. Uh, So I met with Don, and um, instantly... I could tell that he knew exactly what was necessary for this show. He'd, he'd, um, he'd drawn up a storyboard, um, the order of things, and you know, the general length of the, each piece of music um, and how it would all fit together. Uh, and we spoke for, I don't know, maybe an hour or so, and I didn't take any notes. So I just uh, listened, and I said, oh, sounds good, Don. Um, I'll come back to you in a few days and let you know. And um, I, I went back to uh, Santa Monica and... and Started thinking about it there and then, and uh, I was allowed. I was allowed to work by myself without any interference for I think about six weeks. I think I worked, 
which is great because I could just try out themes on myself and I sat at my piano um, and just played away until I got some uh, tunes that I liked and some, some ideas. And when I was happy with, with about, mm, I'd say, three or four minutes. So I, I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll demo this now. So I, I made a synth demo and sent it to Don. And um, he was very pleased, well, I'm pleased to say. Um, and we just went from there. And uh, then I sent him a demo of uh, Chaos. And gradually I started just... He and I together, we just worked and, and made the, the, the shape of, of the show the way that we wanted it with, with as I say, very little interference from the executives um, who were very supportive. One, one of the amazing things for me was that, um, you know, when, when people say, oh, are you, are you doing a Disney show? You know, which themes are you using? And, and quite often you're expected to use themes from, you know, the movies and famous songs because there's such a fantastic catalogue. And Don felt, and, and I felt that in this case, it really ought to be something original, something that hadn't been heard before at the park. And amazingly, it went down a storm. It, you know, as, as you said, it's still running after 15 years. Uh, and I believe um, as popular as ever. I, th I think it won another award this year for most uh, uh, the best-liked uh, uh, evening entertainment you know, outdoor shows. And it, it, it won again. I worked with Don on the show, and we um, after... Even longer, we finally presented it to um, the executives, and, and they just freaked out. They loved it, which was uh, amazing and, and, and very heartening because uh, you know it's, it's a complicated piece that there's, there's many different sections, and they have to fit together. And if they don't fit together, you don't get the flow. And that was the thing that I felt from the previous show, although it was great because it was existing music that had been edited together. The individual tunes were great, but I just didn't like the the way the whole thing took you from the beginning to the end. And by starting with new tunes, we were we had the opportunity to create a really pleasing structure. And um, with with Don's help, uh, I think we achieved that. You make a really good point saying that you do not use any of the Disney catalog songs. I didn't even think of that because mm. I think this is the only music piece that is in, still in the parks or has ever been in the parks that has never used any other Disney music before. You, there's no trace of it. And I'm very fascinated because I'm a musician myself and I love listening to music. I really appreciate it and the work that goes behind it. What were the inspirations behind these two different pieces? You first have the Tapestry of Nations, which is a parade that goes around with beautiful puppets that are controlled by some of the great Disney cast members. And it's a more of a celebration of, of uh, the new millennium, I guess, as well as reflections of Earth, illuminations, reflections of Earth. So you have two different pieces so how did you establish the differences between these two uh, i didn't start work on tapestry till after i finished uh, reflections that that would i that i i worked the, entirely on reflections first and and then turned my attention to tapestry um the, the reflections was my attempt at, at um let me go back a fraction in uh don's mind he was basically telling the whole of mankind's story and so it was also my attempt to tell the story of music in a way. Um, so there's sections where I just have a, a little uh, flute playing and some drums. And also have some parts that sound maybe a little bit like Stravinsky and maybe I touch on Debussy along the way and some Beethoven. And I, I try to, you know, hint at musical styles that you'd recognize or f you'd get a feeling from without being overtly that particular style. My internal brief for that was was to sort of try and you know, it's impossible of course but to try and encompass 
um, as much of, of music as we know as I could in that genre of mostly classical. You know, I didn't really go for rock music, but then again, you know, we, we, we had a, a song at the end, and that's a straightforward pop song. With Tapestry, um, the, the, that was a, a, an interesting thing because the, the director of that show, uh, Gary Pabin, said, uh, you know, this, this is, uh, you know, sort of a little bit of a, an add-on in terms of the music. We just need four, four or five minutes of music, and what we do is we make a loop. Because, uh, as you know, as, as, the, uh, uh, as a parade goes around uh, the lagoon, um, not everybody hears it at the same time. They hear different parts, you know, depending on where they are. So uh, you make a loop, um, and that loop uh, repeats four or five times or whatever, and each time there's a slightly different orchestration over that so that it... it, it it's not. Um, it doesn't get boring. You've got the change of texture, and I I listened to what he had to say, and I said, "Oh, why don't we just make a twenty-six minute piece of music that you can just run from beginning to end?" And he looked at me like I was crazy. Um, so I, I built in the loop to to the music itself, uh, and that gave me again gave me the control to make this structure, which went from uh, you know a, a rather pompous uh, fanfare beginning onto this piece of music, which. I know a number of people that uh, um, use it to work out. I don't know why. They, they like to run to it. Um, it has this beat which is very, very um, continuous and slightly hypnotic. Uh, I build everything on that. That's very interesting. I might have to try working out to this, this score before. I <laughs> usually listen to it for an inspiration. That's what, that's what I usually listen to it. I mm. listen to it all the time. And I remember seeing it in the, uh, in the parks. Have you ever, did you ever get to the parks to see, to see both of these shows? Oh, I was there on the opening, uh, the, the soft opening in October of 99, mm -hmm. and I w the, the thrill for me was to um, see the reactions of people to the pieces immediately. In fact, the, we had the, uh, we'd made the CD and it was already in the uh, Park CD store, and for a brief time, we were number one on, on the sales in, in the in the theme parks. Um, Which is amazing. I remember my dad picking up one because I was a little bit younger at the time and he was like, this is an amazing score. And I thought the same thing too. Our whole family did. I still remember watching the, the New Year Millennium Celebration on TV in 99 before it hit the new year of 2000. And mm. all around the world, there were fireworks celebrations that were synchronized with the Illumination soundtrack. I personally feel that the score was and is still the best representation of how the world felt about the new adventures that lie ahead in the new millennium. What do you think about your music being the voice of this uh, big celebration? I have to tell you, there's nothing like the thrill of hearing, uh, seeing and hearing fireworks go off to your music. It's it, Because you know the fireworks are so loud and it's such a visceral thing with, with the music as well, it's, um, you know, I, I, I was blown away by it. Um, having, even though I, you know, I knew what was coming, um, the first time I saw the fireworks, obviously the piece was picked up, as you say, and, and used all, all, all round, and um, it's it's quite a thrill. It's it's, it's as a composer, you you spend a lot of time wondering if what you're writing is of any value. You know, that's part of the process. Is that you have to um, self-critique. You know, is is this the best I can do? Is there any point in writing this music? You know, who will listen to it? What what's the point? And obviously, I had a point to write the the um, the music for Reflections, but I still did worry that maybe it was too simple or too complicated or too this or too that. And the proof of the pudding was when people heard it, they liked it. Um, 
and that's you know that's that's it's not always the case when you write music. You know, there, there's there's always uh, the potential for coming up short either in in what you think you ought to have achieved or maybe getting enough people to hear it. Um, the brilliant thing, of course, of, of, of having the Nighttime Spectacular is uh, a lot of people see it every night. With uh, 2014 marking the Fireworks Spectacular playing for 15 years, meaning that thousands upon thousands of people around the world have heard your score, do you feel that it may be time to move on from the score and maybe look into some other musical compositions that maybe you would be more than happy to work on? Or what do you feel oh. about that? Yeah, if anyone wants to call me from <laughs> from from Disney about uh, making a new version of it, I'm definitely up for that. Uh, it's difficult. I mean, it, when something works, um, there is a part of me which says, "Well, why change it?" Um, obviously, at a certain point, it, it'll it'll start to um, sound like you know it needs a, a new new lick of paint uh, and maybe a wholesale redo. Which I, which I totally don't think that's the case. I, I, I feel I could listen to it whenever I go to the parks. But Well, um, if, if you see anyone who, uh, who, who wants a composer to come in and, and rejig it, I think I could do a, a reasonable job of that. Now, you've, you've done other Disney projects too, correct? The one in Tokyo? Yes. Um, dis I, um, there's a piece called Bravissimo for Tokyo Disney Sea, which ran, oh, I forget the years, probably 2004, something like that, for three years. Uh, but that was a fun show. Lots of um, technical difficulties to to deal with. Um, it was interesting, uh, sort of United Nations of, of uh, creativity. The director was French. You know, I'm English. The production team was um, American and Japanese. Uh, you know, we had a whole you know, mixture of cultures working together, and it was a lot of fun. One of the brilliant things about doing a a, a theme park show for the Lagoon is that when it's all finished and recorded, you don't just hand it over. You go to the park and you spend five or six nights after everyone's gone home with the speakers all set up to full volume and you remix it for the park so you get the best possible sound. So we did that in uh, in Florida and we did the same in Tokyo. Um, although I think I spent maybe two weeks in Tokyo. I just wanted to know if, if Disney has uh, reached out to you at all recently about maybe composing a new score for a, an upcoming parade or or another show. Uh, I um I left Los Angeles in two thousand and four. My my two kids were getting a little bit older. My parents and Oprah were getting older, and uh, we decided that we wanted to relocate back to England, and that's been great in terms of family. But it has distanced me slightly from uh, everyone in LA and Florida, so that I'm not the first person on the list at the moment, which is understandable. The, the, the difficulty with those really big shows, you know, and I've, I've done a, a number, it, it, you can't do too many one after the other. You, you actually need a good few years between them to keep that uh, freshness about them. Um, you don't want it to have the same sound. Yeah, especially when, when you're creating, and the ones I've, I've done have been almost entirely new music. If you're if you're um, reorchestrating themes and putting, um, you know, and it works very well, it's a slightly different job. Harder in some respects because you know you've got all these classic tunes you, you've got to do justice to. I, I'm not really interested in, in orchestrating existing tunes. Uh, I'm, you know, I'd, I'd much rather wait for that the right opportunity to come along to write one of my own tunes. And of course, the uh, reflections was a gift for that. 
But I have three more questions for you. Oh. They're called my Fab Three Disney questions, what? the Donald, Goofy, and Mickey ones. Uh-oh. So I uh, no no no, they're easy. <laughs> they're easy. I think you'll enjoy them. So we'll, we'll start with the Donald one, which was uh, as a child, what Disney yeah. film would you always like to watch over and over again? Oh, my, oh how how to choose? Um, I I I think it has to be Pinocchio. That that was the one that I, I would watch a lot and sing along to. But our goofy question is, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Wow. Jiminy Cricket, I think, is is the, the guy that I most want to hang around with. You know, I, I'm all about the rules and, and conscience and, and, you know, doing the right thing. So I think he'd probably drive everyone else mad, but I, I'd, I'd be on his side. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this moment, what immediately mm. comes to mind? Anything from Aladdin. Macon is just fabulous. The music is so effortless, and that's the thing you often strive for as a writer, and very rarely achieve that flow. That the you know the song is inevitable, but it's not obvious. You know, it 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 catches you in in, in a really cool way, but it's not trite or um, too predictable. But it's got just enough quirkiness to it to, to keep it interesting but it's basically really really solid writing but thank you so much gavin for coming on the show wonderful time to speak with you about two great scores both of them are celebrating their 15th anniversary this year and i'm glad that you could be on the show this week thank you again and um i just wanted to wish all of our listeners a happy new year and thank you and happy new year to you gavin this is so exciting we're into Thanks, the, the next good- new millennium <laughs> yeah have a, have a great 2015 of Earth.